0: To Curiosity Lab, a radio show dedicated to questions and wonder. I am your host, Shanti O'Connor.
1: And co host, Adam Bram. Hello, Central Oregon. This is Adam Bram, and you're listening to Curiosity Lab. And uh, today I am going to be hosting, and Shanti is out of town again this week, so I am really uh, taking over the reins, but I have a special guest today, and we have some very interesting topics we're going to talk about. This is Lisa Swisher. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, so we, uh, it's funny, every single time when we have a guest, we start wanting to get to know each other and start talking about all kinds of stuff. And and, And Shanti's so good about it, but she'll be like, wait, just wait, let's not get into it, because then we're going to get into all the good stuff before we get it on the air. Because we really want to just share all these stories. Um, but uh, it was it was really fascinating because I do have some uh, family and understandings of what you're into and what you're practicing uh, currently, and, and and Reiki as a Reiki practitioner and uh, sound bath healing is, is what you're uh, involved with. Could you tell me a little bit more about uh, as a profession or as a practice and and what you're involved with in here in Bend or in the in Central Oregon?
0: Sure. Thanks, Adam. Um, I'm a Reiki Master Teacher, and I currently teach Reiki through COCC's Continuing Education Program. We have a Level One coming up the end of April. If you're interested, it's up on their website. And I also am leading a sound bath at Unity Spiritual Community. It's every Sunday at five thirty, and we're basically combining energy healing. That's a Reiki. So, as a Reiki teacher working with the people who show up, they are definitely receiving Reiki, and that's the approach. And then the sound itself is coming in with a wide variety of frequencies, a lot of intention, but it goes right through the human energy field. It's frequency specific. And I think that that's what kind of um, distinguishes us from the rest. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can go on and
1: yeah well, I think one of the things I would love our listeners to to know is one I know we touched on that right before when we before we went on air is that we all are energetic and we all are frequency and and um, vibrational based uh, and we 're all realizing that is a big component now in reiki i I maybe am not uh, too up on understanding. If you have sound bath, is it something that is empowering or strengthening the Reiki? Is it something you do in conjunction or are they done separately?
0: They're done in conjunction with each other. So Reiki is a Japanese word. It means universal life force energy. Um, More accurately, if it was called universal life force electromagnetic energy, we might kind of understand it a little more. I have a degree in exercise physiology and human biomechanics. And career licensed massage therapist. So I've had a fascination with the human body for a long time. Now our nervous system is a bioplasmic flow of electrical energy. And we all know you, we can uh, receive an electrical charge when we scuff across the carpet. Or sometimes when we touch another person. So a, Reiki is a transmission of that on a low enough voltage level that it has a healing effect on the body. It can be done through touch and it can be done through the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, the human energy field extends way beyond our physical mm-hmm. body um, I like to think of it as we have our nervous system which is the biological physicality that's the carrier and conductor of that energy field but that the sensory array extends way beyond our physical body you know, you know when mm-hmm. you can feel someone looking at you or mm. how, is that, what's, how does that work Mm-hmm. That's the array of the cent- of the sensory nervous system, millions of them picking that up in the field before it actually contacts the physical body.
1: And I know you mentioned you know we have this this. Uh... Aura in this energy field, right? Mm-hmm. And I have heard that the some people that are really in tune and maybe either have all their chakras really in alignment or they're very just very in tune with themselves or have a very strong vibrational, vibrational frequency, their toroidal energies field, right? It's like a right. toroidal Absolutely. and it can and it can extend much, much farther. And the more we practice it, the more we we can reach that. Yes. Almost infinitely, potentially. Uh, and do you think advanced um, intelligent species, potentially, that uh, we're, are they able to give, even get farther out because they, they understand this this energy field that we possess?
0: Interesting. Advanced intelligent species, as in galactics? Is that what we're talking about? Potentially, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a vast multidimensional universe. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And
0: Multi-dimensional universe. Now we're talking about dimensions, frequency bandwidths of creation.
1: See, that's some. We can get into some really interesting stuff there, and and I'd love to maybe go there. But I before we maybe can tap into that, I think it's really important to also educate a bit more on. Um, how, as a healer with Reiki, that you're helping to control or help um i would i would say almost enable people to to feel or and to heal through your energy field that you're working with because and and uh express if i'm wrong uh reiki is is not you typically don't touch you just are using energetic through your hands uh
0: Reiki level one as uh, you touch. It's a transmission okay. of universal life through force energy through touch. okay. Uh, levels two and and above, it's across the distance time and space
1: mm, mm-hmm. yeah very fascinating I have a close friend he uh, lives in Ashland and he's a he's an artist he went to I believe it was Hawaii once and this was gosh over 10 years ago and he went there and he had some Reiki done didn't know too much about it but he was really open to it and he was wanting to get some healing and he had an experience a very very profound almost a Kundalini awakening experience from a practitioner there mm-hmm. and is it yeah. true that the Japanese uh, tradition and, and ancient tradition that was Brought to Hawaii, and that's where it was uh, really strengthened. Um, I, there's so many questions I have. I mean, yes, this yes. was this was amazing that he had this experience, but this person obviously had some very uh, profound training there.
0: Yeah, I lived in Hawaii for 12 years.
1: Okay, you knew. that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh,
0: so I started was first uh, started Reiki in 1986. That's when I was in massage school, and uh, when I first met the woman who attuned me, she took she shook my hand, and I felt it go right up. Like an electrical charge up my arm into my heart, and I went, "Okay, you've got me." You know, I'm going to follow this to wherever it leads me. But that, for me, was the beginning of a series of awakenings and journeys into different cultural, spiritual healing, energy healing practitioners, including you know, Filipino spiritual healers, Brazilian trance healers, uh, Chinese shamans, every every um, Chinese medical doctor. On some level, they're absolutely doing energy healing. Acupuncturists, mm-hmm. um, Christian charismatics, mm-hmm. sure, sure, <laughs> um, yeah,
1: yeah. Some contem- contemplative uh, practitioners. You uh, so, know, I know in the Christian tradition. So now in
0: Hawaii, there. you have um, Huna practitioners. Mm-hmm. So this is a Hawaiian energy healing. System, so it doesn't really matter what name we want to put on it. But across the world, different cultures have a practice of transmission of energy. Mm-hmm. Now, in Reiki, in particular, um, it was it's an reemergent healing technology. Uh, this is Dr. Mikawa Sui, who is a Buddhist monk, had a fascination about how does that work? How does it work? He I was a contemplative gentleman and. Um, Long story short, he was uh, meditating on these Tibetan symbols. He They awake helped him to awaken a power within him. This is from the Tibetan Lotus Sutra. He went up on a mountain, he meditated, he fasted. He had a profound mystical experience, came down the mountain with the ability to heal and with seeing these symbols, which are Tibetan, um, that are utilized in Reiki uh, and began opening up his... Um, Centers. Interesting. And from there, how did it get to Hawaii? So Mm -hmm. this was mm, 19, right? This was before World War II. Um, Hawaii Takata was a woman, uh, Japanese of Japanese, woman living in Kapa'au in Hawaii on the mm-hmm. north side of the big yeah, island. Kapao, yeah, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was in Tokyo visiting family, fell ill, went to one of the Reiki clinics, um, was healed, got very excited about it, got trained in it, and brought it back to Hawaii. And from there, she began um, opening her own um, practice and initiating and teaching Reiki to people, mm-hmm. including her granddaughter, Phyllis Foromoto, who... Uh, along with Barbara Aurora, who is the woman who initiated my first level of Reiki, uh, founded the Radiance Alliance. So it's directly a lineage from mm. Dr. Mm-hmm. Asui. And this one spread out. They spread out. So right now you've got many Reiki schools around the world. They have different mm, names, mm-hmm. but they're all utilizing the same symbols. And so the question is do they all originally go back to. Um, Dr. Asui, I don't, I don't know, but I do know they're all using the same symbols. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, no, it's a, it's a fascinating thing, and I, I would, I would hope that it, it had done it. Keeps its lineage or its heritage and its um, uh, significance through through teachers, just like in many other practices and many other traditions. So I think it's it's really fascinating. Of course, then that that the energy already naturally is very strong in Hawaii. So it was interesting how it, oh yeah it found its way there, which mm-hmm. could grow and, and and develop into into a, um, a, a system that we can more embrace and and it's such a beautiful area over there. So it's really neat, fascinating. It's a fascinating uh, story and, and all. All that, absolutely. Now, uh, could you explain a bit more um, to our listeners about about the the sound bath? I know it sounds like Reiki was really one of those uh, gateways and opening to many other spiritual practices, and, and it sounded like it started there. When did the, the sound bath healing and understanding those frequencies could enhance your, your teachings or your understanding and your trainings?
0: So my background is I have a, come from a very musical family, and played French horn and clarinet and pian- did, studied piano and music theory when I was a child. And my parents were singers and musicians and did vocal training in college. And then I put it away to become, you know, a responsible adult. Uh, but, oh, I'd say maybe six or seven years ago, I started picking that back up, music and singing in very, you know, a cappella groups and started really drumming too, learning how to hand drum, djembe drum, which is a, a practice of grounding you. I have an ongoing meditation practice. That's just been going on for over 30 years. Well, mm-hmm. um, about, a, I'd say, a year and a half ago, crystal bowls have sort of been kind of emerging and sort of showing up in our culture. And... I had a friend who was running a sound bath, and it kind of like, hey, come on over and play these crystal bowls. And he was doing gongs. This is Kevin Kraft from Sound Shala. And I said, okay, I'll, ch- I'll check this out, you know, meditate on it. And I'm already, was already singing and realized, you know, started playing a crystal bowl set, realized, oh, this is a C major scale. mm mm-hmm. This is like a no-brainer. It's going right through the chakra systems. First mm-hmm. chakra, muladhara. is a C. Second, D. Third chakra, E. F, G. All, all the way up. It's going right through the body. And I, I can do this. And then started doing chord harmonics with it. And it's a beautiful sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all can feel music. We can feel sound on our in our bodies. And... The harmonics just sort of um, hooked me. It's like, okay, I'm I'm going to do this, and not only that, it's going to make me a better singer. You want to be. <laughs> you want to get better. Mm. Uh, it's a non-decaying sound. It keeps its frequency. It's beautiful. And I started incorporating it in my own meditation practices. So I was doing sound baths with him. Um, that sort of faded out. I was still singing kirtan, still playing drumming and doing singing mantras in different kirtan groups. And then this opportunity showed up at Unity Spiritual Community, which is the one off Cooley Road to lead a sound bath there, um, mm-hmm. the guy who was leading it, he was retiring from that. And I said, okay. I already had my first set of bowls. And mm-hmm. I realized, uh, I uh, I want a didgeridoo player, man. I want to get deep. We want to go deep. Uh-huh. And so the didgeridoo is coming in two octaves below middle C. And there have been a lot of studies on playing didgeridoo and brainwave states and how those lower frequencies will drop your brain into a a theta or sometimes even a delta, healing state, sleeping state. And this then goes into binaural beats. Uh, I have my own set of bowls. Um, Unity has a set of bowls. They're a slightly different frequency, which creates a binaural beat activity in the brain, which does work as far as creating hemispheric coherence.
1: Yeah, that's super fascinating. I definitely want to dive a little bit more into the binaural beats because it really helps kind of uh, encompass and bring everything together. Uh, But first we're going to take a quick uh, uh, musical break here for uh, just a few minutes and we'll come back uh, with Lisa Switzer and going to be talking a little bit more about uh, sound bath healing and Reiki and, and binaural beats. So stay tuned, everyone. Hey, hello, Central Oregon, uh, welcome back. This is Adam Bram, and that song was Citizen Kane by Nightmares on Wax, one of my favorite new albums uh, by theirs. Uh, and today I'm with uh, Lisa Swish- Swisher, and I we got into some really cool stuff. I learned so much, and uh, I know I have some uh, close friends and family that are going to really be interested in this show. But I think where we left off was a really fascinating area because I think it helps encompass um, more uh, reach and availability for people to understand. Understand, you know, the importance and the power of of different reiki or energy or sound um, tuning to to help uh, align themselves and to improve their health, uh, and you can do it through bina- binary beats, binaural beats. Correct?
0: Yes. So this is rising, and we're finding it more and more in our culture that people are becoming aware of sound healing as an effective modality, um, and. Whether people are listening to meditative tapes, like binaural beat meditative tapes, or as a tool to help them find peace and calm and effectively healing. So now what we're doing is kind of combining. So for those of you who don't know, a binaural beat is when you have an instrument playing one note. It can be playing a C, uh, but it has a frequency like a hertz of a one- Well, let's go with A because A is the most common one. 440 is a a hertz A note. But if you have one that's, say, 5 hertz is above it, it's very slight. Um, You'll hear a slight wah-wah sound. And if one is on one side of the ear and the other side of the ear, um, the brain harmonizes that by creating actually coherence internally. So, you'll have the left and the right hemispheres of the brain calming down, communicating with each other, and harmonizing those two frequencies. Now, for the listener, it sounds um, wonderful. For me, I love binaural beats. When I listen to them uh, for myself or even when we're playing them, it's just like this is ah. Mm-hmm. You, but, and the brain, however, the brain cannot simultaneously do these higher um, creative problem solving, worrying, thinking, linear thought constructs. It can't do that in the presence of a binaural. Literally, it drops it into a different type of brain activity. So, one of the unique things that we're doing is kind of combining it across the board because we do have two sets of crystal balls and they are attuned at a slightly different frequency. So through the whole scale, we're doing binaurals. Uh, We also have a didgeridoo player. Shout out to Elliot Harrod. Uh, This is very deep, a C sharp, a D and an E. Didgeridoos, um, way down below. That's binaural beats in there with the bowls. And also, um, we have a native flute player coming in. So you have these beautiful high... Breathy tones coming in with the native flute, mm. um, and more small gongs and koshi chimes. These are super high frequency chord patterns that people just bliss out. Oh, the that sounds
1: fantastic! Playing. Yeah, I think the the binaural beats and the 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 Hertz frequencies mm-hmm. is at five twenty seven, which is the the the
0: healing. There are many of them. Five twenty eight. Five twenty eight is mm-hmm. um a very high-frequency healing one, but there are a whole series of... Solfe- You're talking now about solfeggio frequencies... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's different.
1: Yeah, yeah cuz there's uh, there's some very esoteric, uh mystical uh psychedelic electronica that I play every once in a while and I've had some very profound uh almost out of body experiences mixing some of these. Uh, but a few of the artists uh that I that I collect, there's a couple of their songs that have that say that in the title of the right. song that they that it's a that 528 is that healing um that healing frequency.
0: It, there's a whole variety of healing frequencies, that's just one. Mhm. Um One of the things I think too, remember the body knows how to heal itself. If it's put into the right, if it receives the right environment. So when you're dropping into like a didgeridoo and they've done studies of brain patterns, both on people who have received or just listening to didgeridoo or those who are playing it. And it puts the practitioner into a very deep meditative state. And for the people who are coming to the sound bath, uh, they lay down, the music starts. We start down from the bottom, this is the base of the energy field. It's to put them into uh, uh, a type of um, resonance with one another, but also with the planet. The planet is an electro has an electromagnetic field, and we want our lower chakras aligned and attuned to the electromagnetic field of our planet. And these lower frequencies absolutely do this. And we can see that people start falling asleep five minutes into it. Not everybody does. Mm-hmm. But that is telling me, this is experiential evidence that, okay, they've gone from, you know, maybe perhaps worrying or being stressed about something. And they're dropping into a, a deeper brainwave pattern. Now they're, they're actually going to sleep. Everybody has a different type of experience. It's very directed in the sense of it's a group agreement that we're going to let go of all that no longer serves our highest and best good. Mm-hmm. We're going to release fear. We're going to release worry. And for this hour, there's nothing to figure out. Just allow these frequencies to move through your field.
1: Yeah, that's so fascinating. Gosh, that is so neat. And and do you... Um and it, oh you had mentioned uh, during the break that you guys have a group you're a band and that you guys do bookings and that you're able to get out there and we've talked about maybe some great opportunities and how many how many members in the group currently
0: There's 3. There's 3. There's uh-huh. 3 of us. Yeah, and we have other players who kind of come in and out sort of depending on the application. Mm-hmm. But it's myself, um Elliot Harrod, who's on didgeridoo and plays crystal bowls and sings 2 in throat singing. Oh, cool. Super deep. For those wow. of you who don't know, that's mm-hmm. um, that's another octave below middle C. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Donna Benjamin uh, comes in a native flute. And we have other people kind of come in and out, depending on what we're doing.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I, and I've, I've done some, some sound baths, but it would be really fascinating to see... How to integrate this and see? I'm an electronic music DJ and, and collector and curator for many many years, and uh, just in the last five years, I've really gotten into a lot more of the ambient to down tempo and and sounds and and, mm-hmm. and and tracks that are that move me. And mm-hmm. it's just like I either yeah. know right away that it's a frequency or and it's a, and it's produced in a way that I resonate with and really like. But it'd be so fascinating to see how you know uh, th- with your guys' talents, how things like this can be integrated. Or or even how this in the future, it'd be really neat to think that, you know, these type of um, expressions and skills and, and experiences that you're helping to produce, that's a far and beyond just, just a regular music track, how it's going to be applied to future music and how that yeah. because I do feel like it's, it's, it's going to be prevalent. It's going to be an important thing. Oh, yeah. So it's a very exciting time. And, and I'm, you know, I'll connect the dots right here. You know, that, that, you know, I think that in the future we will have this and, and um, you know, who uh, comes on uh, after our show, uh, uh, DJ Preet, who does a rhythm trip show. He's going to start doing a little bit more experimental stuff, and he's learning to do the flute, and he's recording that, and um, he's worked with a number of other artists, and it's really exciting what he's doing, but I think he would also be a great other person to really... Um, to see how we could potentially integrate some of these sounds and get it into re- recording and actually promote it and see. So I think it's oh, really yeah. fascinating time yeah. to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we very much um, want to get in the recording studio. And um, there's a, something that happens with the live record, mm-hmm. the live experience, mm-hmm. because this again has to do with Reiki and group Reiki, and the, everyone is integrated. There are 30 people there, and sometimes there often are. I'll lead them through a meditation and they'll begin to hum because humming, if they're leading through, I'm leading them through a hum, and that hum actually anchors the vibration into the physical being much more strongly. It also drops the entire group into resonance with one another. Mm -hmm. You know, people, we naturally want to go into resonance with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, that means if we're watching a show or watching a program or a sporting event, We are focused on something. We're naturally dropping into resonance. And there's a lot of power there. And so in this experience, people are humming for a little bit during this meditation. They're dropping into the vibration. They are aligning with the intention behind it, which is healing. Mm -hmm. And they receive it. Some people have very mystical out-of-body experiences. Mm -hmm. Some people have... um, physical, visceral, physical experiences where they express it at the end, come in being sore all over. And when they leave, they're not sore anymore.
1: Yeah, no, these are so fascinating. I know we're coming right up and we just have about a minute left, but I want to share how people can come listen and find you at the Unity Spiritual Community on 5.30 uh, on Sundays. Uh Um, And uh, I know next week I'm going to be trying to go and that's when you're going to be doing the next live one. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. And this is the Unity Spiritual Community. That's the intersection of Coley Road and um, Highway Twenty. H- Highway Twenty. Yes, yeah. that's right. And, yeah.
1: and uh, I also want to make sure and give everyone a chance to connect with you. And uh, you can email Lisa uh, Swisher at lisa c swisher. S-W-I-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. She's open for gigs, and please, everyone, look forward to, because I'm going to try to get you guys in here, and what's the name of your group, by the way? Do you have a name?
0: We don't have a name.
1: Okay, I'm going to help with that and your website, hopefully, but we're going to try to get you in (laughs) here and uh, and have you on center stage because I think, you know, we're going to really start to bring in a much more wider variety of music, so it'd be really fun to have you here. So thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on today.
0: Thank you, Adam. Listener supported, volunteer powered. We are 80 nine KPOV, Bend, Oregon.
1: Okay, we're back. Welcome, Central Oregon. This is Adam, and you're listening to Curiosity Lab. And this is going to be the second of our uh, first half that we went live. And this is with Lisa Swish Swisher. And we were talking about uh, syphedia so frequencies, but mainly it was about uh, Reiki healing and uh, sound baths and we kind of ended on the uh, kind of more acoustic side of it and I was wondering if you could if you wanted to kind of dive in just a tiny bit more on where you feel um, that the connection between uh, the uh, the and what and what is it that we called it again it was the the app sorry here I have uh, that I was going to ask you a question about which, Binaural, binaural beats, right?
0: It's bind, like B-I-N, binary, Uh aural, A-U-R-A-L. Binaural.
1: Gotcha. Binaural beats. Yeah. Cause I wanted to always say binaural and that's not right. <laughs> that's something completely different. No. Uh, so, but what's, uh, what is so important, I think about this is, uh, is really understanding the importance of these frequencies and how, and how we uh, resonate with them. And I'm so excited to have you on. So thank you for coming and to giving people a little bit more insight because I know it's such a fascinating field.
0: Yes. Thank you, Adam. I really appreciate being here. Um, I have a very current fascination with it in the sense of I am aware uh, that we are inundated with EMF frequencies from our cell phone, and um, stimulation, visual way, way too much visual stimulation through our eyes, or through these short blasts through our screens, on our phones or the internet. And this, this overstimulates one part of the brain and shuts off another part. But it puts the brain into patterns of firing sequences. Which are not restful. They're not peaceful. And neurons that fire together wire together. So these are habitual, repeated patterns. There is a certain pleasure in scrolling. I find myself doing it sometimes. But it also has a secondary effect of interfering with myself being able to drop deep into peace and non thought. So we see this in our culture with the rise of ADD or ADHD, or insomnia, or people just not being able to drop into deeper levels of peace. And those of us who are choosing to to meditate and to reach for peace on that level and calmness and clarity and health, by the way, there's a whole mm, secondary effect of having our brains being incoherent, (laughs) not firing um, symmetrically. Over long-term periods of time, this can lead, have negative health effects. Absolutely. So the health benefits that are being received by people who are meditating with binaural beats, this is kind of one of my fascinations and interests. So we're doing it live. Mm-hmm. And um, what is observable is the immediate effect it has on people. So it's one thing, I mean, for me to read about the science behind it and go, oh, yeah, I think this will work. And then to drop in and have the experience of watching people drop in profound, Mm -hmm. profound ways, release tears in their eyes. Um, I was able, you know, talking about their experience. And again, everyone has a different experience because we are all unique beings, you know, but we are all vibratorial beings. We are frequency. It's not just our energy field, our body literally is um, what we would perceive as standing waves of energy as particles. So this is kind of going into a little bit of physics. I'm not a physicist, very superficial, not even superficial understanding of it, but we are frequency beings. So we are affected by it. You know, again, we do know that music affects us, we can feel it. Music, sound coming through our ears is much, much harder to, um, it's like translate, that's it, to block it. We can close our eyes. Um, we take information in through our eyes, into our brain, but we also take it in through our ears. And the intent, again, the intention with the sound bath is healing, and that's what people experience.
1: Yeah that that is super fascinating and the question that comes to mind is with the by bi, bi, binaural beats yeah versus the live there's benefits, obviously, but yes. I would think you know, and and I've worked with some uh, Buddhist practitioners, and they're like, you know, if you're going to you know uh, meditate to to audio or to music, it's yeah. always great to uh, either hear it live or be it your own. Which I thought was really fascinating. But like with yours, I'm sure it's just it, it can be quite powerful, recorded and played, whether digital or um, analog, like on the airwaves. But what is it about that 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 power of it being in person? With those frequencies, how, how is that different than what you would get from uh, an app that plays the binaural beats?
0: I was, I think it has to do with immediacy, mm. um, focus, and I'm looking at you right now. I can see you. If I walk away from you, I have a memory of you. My brain still registers that. It's an imprint, and I can relate to that, but it's a different sort of experience, I mean, you have an, there's an immediacy right there when it's the difference between listening to a, a recording of artists, which is beautiful. I love it, and going to a live show. There's mm. a different energy, sure present.
1: Sure. Yeah, the immediacy, and I I suspect it's. There's a connection that is just unique, and there's just slightly different, but they either they either are, and a lot has to do with the energy you're coming with, where you're at, um, you know, spiritually, emotionally, physically. I mean, there's all these things to consider.
0: We are moving around them. So that didgeridoo is coming in. It's a very deep-sea-sharp um Sometimes, you know, he's moving around. If someone, guarantee, if somebody's playing a C-sharp didgeridoo and you're at your feet or your hara, you're, you're, you're going to feel it mm, mm-hmm. very strongly. And with the same thing with the crystal bowls. So we go right up through the energy field frequency-wise. Again, those crystal bowls are a C major scale. So someone's walking, I'll be walking around with an A, and this is the sixth chakra. If you want to clear your mind, sixth chakra, the center of the brain. Mm-hmm. Listen to this note. Listen to this frequency. It'll clear your thoughts. That it
1: primes the pineal.
0: The pineal, yeah, the center of the sixth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mm-hmm. also, interestingly enough, the pineal gland has crystals in it. Doctor mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza does a really yeah, great explanation of this. He does, and so it's very responsive and receptive to frequencies.
1: Yeah, his his talk, uh, and I know he's done a lot of presentations on it. But it's the spinal fluid that you know, with the right breathing method and the intent, yes. you get that fluid all the way up, and then that's what can really have that transcendental experience. But it is, it's it's really, uh, I guess, lighting up or igniting those crystals, um, which, I mean, I don't know how far we get into this, but I thought it was so fascinating to find out how you know, fluorides in water, right? It de- it calcifies the the pineal gland, blocking these crystals from their frequency and their vibration. And so this these crystals. And it took me a long time to really figure out this. But when I was meditating very deeply for a number of years, I was always having sometimes, and it was just the, the, the totally random that I would start to see colors and in shapes, shapes, and and like pulsating things happening in the even in the most darkest spaces. And I was like, well, where is this light coming from how is this light being generated and I started to figure out it was the pineal gland it's internal it's internal it's light coming from the pineal gland it's hitting the optical nerve the optic nerve in the back
0: well the very interesting thing is that the optic neurons that we see out of our physical eyes are not necessary are not connected my understanding is they're not connected physically internally to the pineal gland. But there's a leap that can go. Now, neurons, they, they have a neural gap that they leap across. Mm, mm-hmm. So we all know what we can visualize. Interestingly enough, the name of the sixth chakra is Ajna. It means to summon or to command. Mm. So we're going to summon energy. We're going to sure. summon frequency. And we're going to command our mind, mm-hmm. our thoughts, to do what we want it to do. So to release what you're talking about, the Amrita. The, the fluid within the pineal gland. Hmm. So I spend a lot of time meditating on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm not I, the I only mean, one that thought. Oh, I was no, like, no, no. The I, I, do the, the, <laughs> I do microcosmic orbit. This is a classic Taoist meditation, microcosmic orbit. You're going to inhale, light up through... Up through the body running through your meridians or even um, Yogananda's original Kriya breath which is inhaling light up from the core of the earth up through your Sushumna, your central power channel lighting up all your chakras exhaling back down mm. from you know the through the Sun the raw uh, that is shining through the Sun the essence of light back down in through your core and you can feel it Like, my sinus is clear, my muscles relax, I give myself an adjustment on this just running chi, running energy, Mm -hmm. prana, mana, Mm chi, life force, energy through your body. So, focusing on, because I love Joe to spend, I've gone to his his workshops. Um, For me, sometimes I'm just going to sit and summon light. Now, you sit and you summon light. What is light? Light is the visible spectrum that our bodies are able to perceive of energy, of frequency. Can you see sound as? Frequency. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. You know, literally, <laughs> if I'm lying down and the, the refrigerator goes on, I will feel it as a wave hit my body and I'll see a, a pattern go across the field in the direction of the sound. So what you're describing to me is just an opening or an activation of that center, the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. And... uh This is just part of... This is just one of our gifts. Yes. We have these abilities that we've Mm -hmm. been cut off from that we're now awakening to.
1: Yeah. I know it's fascinating. When I do activate it and I really focus on it uh, the most... Um, interesting. Uh, I mean, serendipitous is one way, but it's this synchronicity and, and all these really interesting things. Uh, that I guess my ESP starts to really your um,
0: intuition, your clairvoyant, clairsentience,
1: clairsentience. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: knowingness. Your knowingness. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's something that that happens, and I've had a number of profound experiences like that. Yeah, and um.
0: Me too. Yeah. This is part of our birthright. This is as we're ascending, mm, as we are mm. becoming more and more aware of ourselves. This is part of evolution, mm-hmm. that we have access to these abilities again, that our brains need to be in coherence for us to have that, to have that, to receive that. How
1: come you think we're ascending? Like, what, what is the deeper purpose? The, the Where we f- are in the gal, Okay. Um,
0: This is a deep subject.
1: I like it. Why not, right? I think we haven't got into much of this stuff. I'd love to get to the extraterrestrials and the higher dimensionals. All right. um, And if we, if you're open to it, I'd be more than happy. All right, I'll go there.
0: Let's do it. Okay. Um, This is my current perception. Mm Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It has to be. That's what that's (laughs) That's all it is. Current perception. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Where we are in the planet, where we are in the galaxy. So let's remember. Our sun is a star, okay, and it's entrained to the galactic core. All the stars are entrained. That means they're moving around the galactic core at a certain certain times. And where we are right now is entering into this photon belt in the ga- in the in the in the galaxy, and it's increasing. It's time for the planet to shake off the um, the constructs, the lower frequency constructs that have had dominion over. Life on Earth. So, if we want to go into how was the planet formed, what, who has, who seeded humanity? How does humanity somehow go from twenty-four chromosomes to oh, these last two are fused, and now there's Mm. what twenty-three (laughs) point five? Who seeded this planet, Um, and what's how? How long has life been here? Mm. I don't know if you have know who Graham Hancock is. I do. I love Graham Graham Hancock. uh, Chariot of
1: the Gods and uh the War on Consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm right there. Mm -hmm. We go Beckley Tepe.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten into that one yet, but no, Graham and I have uh I I love everything he does. I think his TED Talk that was banned was a very powerful one. Um (laughs) the the, the War on Consciousness. Really good one.
0: Yeah. I've worked with Ted Talks for a while. So why do why do I think we're ascending?
1: Yeah, like what you know I'm always about these whys like um, It's uh, to me. It helps uh, helps me understand the world a little bit better
0: because the constructs of consciousness that and we see this. We can see this very obviously through what's coming through popular media is a narrative, a story Mm -hmm. that they want you to believe. Somebody wants you to believe. And why why the focus on fear? Why the focus on suffering, on catastrophe? Okay, it makes money for a few people, the people who own the corporations that run the broadcast systems. Yeah, so. But what's the purpose behind it? Why isn't it, you know, peace, love, understanding? What's the fuel? So who's feeding off of, who profits from fear? hmm You know? Obviously, financially, there's a profit going on. So if we're going to go through dimensional frequency ranges, why are we ascending?
1: Well, the, the, the fear keeps us suppressed, keeps our frequency suppressed.
0: Well, it keeps you suppressed, too. It keeps you suppressed. But there's a model here. So say we're a vast, multidimensional being, and we are. Okay, so the totality of my energy field, let's just say it spans 12 dimensions, like literally an incarnate light being, which is just a field of consciousness in a higher frequency bandwidth, like, say, 12 dimensions and above. Um, In order for this consciousness that's me or you to have the experience down here in what is a 3D, a slower vibrating plane of existence, sections of this you can't take all that with you that vaster being that are vibrating that vaster parts of ourselves that are vibrating at a higher frequency bandwidth does that make sense sure so they get it gets cut off and it gets cut off through trauma patterns it mm. doesn't mean that it goes away it just means you don't have access to it like you lose consciousness right mm-hmm. literally something traumatic happens what we call dissociation right as a child something something traumatic happens that you the child cannot accept or internalize, so dissociates. and so that part of the soul level or the higher soul self of the child, whatever you want to call it, your inner being, that cannot make sense of the experience, it just it separates off. And the child then goes ahead and still forms a personality that can tolerate and be accepted and living in a 3D environment. Okay, so what's that? There's generally fear, anger, overwhelm, or frustration associated with that. As mul- we we accept, they're angels. We're a vast multidimensional society, vast multidimensional universe. There are frequency bandwidth of beings, entities, dark forces. Sure. Yeah. You know? yeah, and yeah. what are they feeding off of? They feed off of human emotional suffering.
1: Yeah, I've heard that. There's a. And it's uh, through consciousness does that does that flow, and they feed off of those 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 frequencies. Is consciousness this all um, enveloping or all all pervading uh, energetic field that binds everything?
0: If you have access to to it. But you have to be vibrating at the frequency of it.
1: Sure, absolutely. That but makes sense.
0: You can't if you can't vibrate if you're not able to vibrate at that frequency because there's say an entity that wants to keep you operating at a lower frequency bandwidth so it can feed off your fear. This is where you come in the idea you have nightmares. Hmm. Okay. If you're a highly sensitive child you can see Monsters under the bed, literal ones. Mm-hmm. Or when I was a child, I could see monsters coming out of the closet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've you know, been convinced like, when I was a child, oh, there was this gremlin in the in the, in the the fireplace at my neighbors, and they convinced me, convinced me, and eventually I saw it. And I was like, oh, I thought that was pretty wild.
0: It's pretty wild, but then what do you do with that? You know, what do you do with it or what do you do about it? If you want peace, if you decide you're going to he- this is the whole point, I want to heal myself. So... If I'm going to heal myself so I don't have those experiences because I want to be happy, okay, I have to reach for a higher frequency bandwidth than the bandwidth of the trauma pattern okay, or the bandwidth of whatever those entities are vibrating at. And I have to find that. So you can find it within yourself radiating through your heart. You can ask for some help. So this is where you ask for help from the angels. Mm-hmm. Or the archangels, or the healing beings, or in Reiki, the light beings. And are
1: these your spirit guides too? Do they sure. fall in that same category. We
0: incarnate here with we incarnate here with a soul family. We're mm-hmm. not alone, but mm-hmm. we are not traditionally taught that. Just like we're not traditionally taught how to access the frequencies within us, the divinity within us, we're not taught how to. Okay, I got to talk to my guardian angel. Sometimes you are a little bit that way, but I've got soul. I've got spirit guides with me. How, how to connect with them as child? As children, we're not taught that way. No, but we, as adults, we're deciding. I'm going to connect with my. I want some guidance here. You know, I want some sure. help. I want some help. Sure, you want to. Kick out an, an astral entity or a demon. Okay, now I'm going to call on the archangel. But you got to be
1: open to it, and that's I think one of the yeah. biggest challenges, especially with my parents' generation. Like my father would, yeah, he thinks all this stuff is BS. Because, and I have asked him. I said, "Well, how do you know unless you've given it a shot?" Because yeah. he he's a biologist, scientist, two doctorates. He says he says unless it's in front of my face, I don't believe it. And I said, "Well, that's then that's why we fail as a society, or, or some of some of us fail." Because we're not open. We're not willing to move on.
0: Well, so what he's talking about is he's observing particleized matter. Oh, oh sure. As matter. He's observing matter as fact. That's just, he's not kind of going, well, how did it get that way?
1: You know? Yeah. That's What's right. behind that? Yeah, I know. I've asked him, and I said, so why are we here? And he's like, well, that's a non-sequitur. Non,
0: non-sequitur. <laughs> my, non, my, my father was like that, too, but my father changed his mind. So I was raised an atheist. My father was really linear that way.
1: Which is, I mean, it's it's better than than you know having all the anger and hate, I suppose. But I mean, it, you, you can still have that and and you know believe in and still only physical. But it, there's so much more. And I moved there's on so from much. that physical, right? Because yeah. I was raised atheist and and in that biology, uh, you know, Western science kind of world. Uh, but w- it was when I was willing to let go and to to know that there was something bigger and there's something deeper and I wanted more answers. And so that's like like that question I asked my father, you know, why are we? here, you know, and that's, that's impossible, at least for him. And a lot of this Western science, uh, mind is, is uh, that is, you can't answer, ask that question, but I believe you can. It's so important.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I believe we're here. So I didn't go looking for spirituality. It's, it like came to me and it came in, in answer to the question of what's the meaning of my life, you know, which I started asking in my mid twenties because it can't just be, you know, suffering and random and <laughs> that's it. You die and you're dead and that's, that's it. Right. You know, what's the meaning of it? So that's my version of why am I here? What's the meaning of my life? And then spirit, then interesting synchronicities and opportunities came to me that helped me expand my awareness of what I thought the meaning of life was. And that's part of my spiritual journey when I started opening up to that and started to meditate and part of the healing. So why are we ascending because we're accessing these higher frequency aspects of our own consciousness and the larger consciousness field around. It's like the earth is in a bubble, its own little bubble. Mm-hmm. But the planet, I believe our planet is ascending too.
1: Sure. I believe the planet's alive. I think Gaia is. She's absolutely. It, yeah. Absolutely. There's consciousness yeah. there for sure.
0: Yeah. When we align with that, it's like we're on her we're on her bus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's else, right. We're going to align with the planet now and start communicating with the planet with the elements of nature and realizing that the earth, the air, the fire, the water, these are all gifts from Gaia for, to us. Uh, yeah. That we utilize for this human experience. And there's beauty there. And it's on us, like, to revere our planet as a sentient being, as a blessing to us to be able to have this life experience and to transform it. Absolutely. Transform and is this, this
1: ascension is this our true nature? Is this like the I know the future can never really truly be um already. I mean, we there's only the now. I truly believe it, right? But but is our is our true nature and our human direction to ascend to survive do we have a bigger purpose? Yes. And, and are we integrating, is this ascension process also to be integrating into um, the 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 fourth, fifth, and I believe the much higher interdimensionals which live in that sixth and, and beyond dimensions?
0: Yes. Yeah, so let's go back to the, the model. If we're going with like, and there, are, I don't know how many dimensions there are, but 12 just sounds like something. Well, there's a search for
1: happen. the 11th dimension. And even 20 yeah. years ago, uh, Brian yeah. Green uh, wrote a, a fascinating documentary and books on the search for the 11th dimension. And yeah. even physics. That are really—I mean—luckily, quantum physicists uh, are starting to figure out that you don't necessarily need unification. We just need to look at things differently, and he kind of understood that. Of course, he had a lot of pushback, but in his Nova special, and I think it was the late '90s, was the search the 11th dimension. I truly believe that it could be infinite, but you're oh, yeah. right—it's 11 at least.
0: <laughs> it's 11 at least, and we certainly have noticed that time seems to be speeding up.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: This is our mm-hmm. our perception. So, if we go with this other, this is a construct an idea that these lower frequency dimensions are contingent upon polarity. So, so, and positive negative, but sequential events occur for in our life experience as time. Now, we when we were measuring t- we were measuring time by an hour. We would think a thought because we're vibrating at such a slower rate. We have time we have time before something actually manifests and happening happens now, as we are vibrating at a higher rate, our perception of time and our experience of time starts shifting. so eventually, I believe we're going to get to this place of there's no time, everything is simultaneity, mm. which is a higher frequency mm-hmm. bandwidth of life experience. So I believe right now we contain um, the totality of our 12-dimensional self, self, still, it's there. And I'm just using that number as a point of reference, 12 dimensions. It's there. But my 12-dimensional self, my 11th dimensional self, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, can I access those parts of myself now incarnate in this body? Yeah, yes. you can. absolutely you can. Very, yeah. you have yeah. to be. But what, and what inherent in that, my ability to do that, that's internal. I'm going internal what's my brain doing while i'm doing that you know what's my nervous system doing yeah, absolutely yeah that's um, fascinating yeah, and this is you know, binaural beats can help me get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, if it's a tool, yeah. right? If but I do do believe it's uh, we have all the the within tools us. and everything within us, all the answers too. But yeah. but sometimes, as in where we're at in this three dimensional, as we're ascending into fourth, and fifth, we need these tools. We need these these uh, these these other um, artistic, almost ways of of culminating. Uh, our our true ability to ascend and to find these, so we should adopt all these in every way possible.
0: So when you were you were talking about your experience in the, in the center of your sixth chakra, mm-hmm. so you know we have these constructs of con. The, the chakras are constructs of consciousness. You know the geometries are telling are showing us a map. It's like a two dimensional flat representation of a construct. Like the easiest one to to look at is star tetrahedron in the heart because we are all kind of a little more familiar with that. You know what that is? Yeah, the the tetrahedron. The the tetrahedron, the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. six-sided star. Okay, it's not static. It's moving. And it's spinning. When you talked about your toroidal field dynamics, Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of Nassine Mm Harriman. Toroidal field dynamics. So the the star tetrahedron, that's a flat representation of that. But it's moving so fast that you can't see it internally. It's like it's an anomaly. It's like a focal point of consciousness. It has magnetism. It's drawing to you. And... It has radiance, which we experience as electricity being radiated out. Does so it make sense? The planet has an electromagnetic. Sure. Well, field. I mean,
1: just like the planet Earth, it has a toroidal field, field right? That and- we live
0: in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you seen
1: the movie Thrive, where they yeah. go into that? Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah, fascinating. Yeah. He doesn't go into the tetrahedron star and that as much, but he just uh, discovers that you know, or or at least brings up the the idea that there's toroidal energy fields in in every conscious cell, essentially, right?
0: Yes, where I yes, each cell is a mini Taurus tor- field. Mm-hmm. But where I'm going with your example is, you were meditating and you were able to access a field of consciousness where you could perceive light internally. Well, I've and done it, many other things. And just if it goes, that. yeah, does it go into mm-hmm. geometries? Does mm-hmm. it go into kaleidoscopic imagery? Oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah. The movement of energy through a geometric construct. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. a like, let's call that a six dimensional perception pers- that you're able to access internally. It's not something I'm seeing here yet. <laughs> if my eyes are open and I'm looking mm-hmm. at this. I think you know we're. I don't know which dimension we're in now. We're in three. We're in four D, and we're going to measure it through time. But yeah, we, we are ascending.
1: Yeah, right? absolutely. So uh, one of the one of the more profound uh, meditations I also had once, where you know it was the middle of the night. I got up, something woke me up in a way, and um, I it was about two or three in the morning, and I went to meditate. And I thought it was a half hour, forty five minute meditation. It ended up being like a four hour one. Yeah. And I actually at one point. Uh, It was like I I tore open time space and I looked through and I could, it was like I was reaching and and literally my my consciousness was going right into outer space and I could, it was just like I was space. Like you could see it in the Star field.
0: I've seen this too. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm in the star field.
1: (laughs) So your consciousness is there and you just happen to be, it has a direct connection to your memory, to your body, to the physical. So how, how are we able to consciously even remember this? You know, some people have ESP or uh, NDE where they have a memory, mm-hmm. you know, so there's something that their consciousness is not from inside of us. This is where it gets into the really cool oh, stuff with yeah, neurobiology. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, right, right. You're, no, no, no. Our consciousness. It's is from ex- out. It's out
1: there that we're connecting. We
0: with. exist within a field of consciousness. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's what's really hard for a lot of neurobiologists and Western science, because they're trying to prove mathematically that it, it comes from within us. And I, and after some of my, uh, uh, well, some at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. But, but, I'm, I'm but trying I, to I, but I know for reach. myself yeah. that uh, with the experience I've had, I have that was one of my first big awakenings, kundalini experiences. Yes. And in psychotherapy, it's called a peak experience, whatever. That they that I I realize that this consciousness. It, one is the survival mechanism potentially of us. If we could truly understand that, we'll be able to survive ourselves. But that also that it exists in the in in the zero point energy field or in the in the ether, not not coming from within myself.
0: Yeah. So I had my the most profound experience I've ever had with someone who's an energy healer was in nineteen like eighty seven with the Reverend Alex Obito from the Philippines. He's what you call a spiritual healer from the Philippines, and. At those days, they called him psychic surgeons. But this is his Mm. family lineage that he would do this. And this woman, um, she had been told she had lymphatic, uh, systemic lymphatic cancer. Go home. You know, say your goodbyes to your family. And she took a plane to the Philippines. And she had like 15 of these what you call surgeries with him. And she was completely healed. Mm. So she brought him back to Bethesda, Maryland. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the borders of D.C. <laughs> a very conservative place at that time.
1: <laughs> Not what you would have expected. <laughs> no,
0: nothing you would have expected. And um, he was standing there, just kind of glowing. And there were like fifty people in the room, all waiting, and to see him. And you're supposed to make a little list of what you wanted him to fix. And so I had my little list. You know, I wanted him to um, you know open my third eye because I'd been meditating and doing my chakra meditations and clearing them but you know I was sort of felt like I was stuck and people would he they people go in this room and see him and they would come out clutching cle- kleenex little pieces of kleenex to body parts looking like they were in shock hmm. and I'm like okay so I go in he tells me just lay down and meditate and I I told him you know hey here's my list so he it comes into my third eye and he it literally felt like he was putting his finger inside underneath my eyebrow ridge wow. inside of my brain in the front and in the back. I've had a lot of head trauma as, as you know, as a child. So I understand. All right. This would make sense. But one side. And then he told me when he was done with that, I'd never I had no frame of reference for this at all. But it felt like an electrical current held me on the table. And it went all the way within and through my body and I couldn't move. And uh, so I was clutching my Kleenex over my <laughs> eye and he had told me, come back when everyone's done and we'll do the other side. And I almost left because I was so terrified. Yeah, yeah. But when I came back and he did the other side and I went home that night, I had a headache. Thank God I'd been doing Reiki because now I was holding my head. First level Reiki is heal yourself, holding my head. And I saw this flame of light Wow. open right in my field and my eyes were closed brilliant flame of light it expanded and started turning into mathematical formulas oh, radiant wow. physics formulas you were radi- going multi-dimensional then i was going multi-dimensional radiating out arising from a, like a the- central giant central like you would see the core of the galaxy but this would I guess, be the core of the golden universe. symbols oh golden symbols Formulas—they look like physics formulas. I have a great story about this. Wow, this is so really cool. I asked internally, "Am I going insane?" <laughs> and this very quiet, powerful voice said, "No, this is just your third eye opening." Mm. And it, it took me a while to to calm that down. Now, luckily, not even luckily, this is another one of those synchronicities. I had a friend who was a pretty—he was a pretty good yoga adept. And he was what you call a dream walker, so he a strong meditator helped me calm my field down, but he was the type of person who he would show up in a dream of mine. and the next day call me up and tell me what we were doing together in the dream. oh okay. yeah he's
1: he's gifted. Uh, he's gifted there Wow.
0: but so I got all this kind of toned down within me, but literally was having experiences of waking up in the middle of the night with lightning bolts streaming through my body seeing spirits and blue light and angels streaming across the ceiling until I got it all kind of toned down after a while and then realized, okay, guides are trying to come in now and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I need to tell them these are the parameters. You can come in the morning right before I awake. You can come in a lucid dream. Well, lucid dreaming is a beautiful, beautiful practice. Um, but the point being that, that the Reverend Alex Orbedo. <laughs> opened me up to a whole other level of reality and showed me something that has to do with what one person with a really, really strong directed energy field can do, mm. can give to another. Mm-hmm.
1: You
0: know.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. I've, I've, um, a number of books and a few documentaries talk about a specific experience of a military man who was, who was asked, um, to, not uh, faint or pass out when brought in in the into the um, field and the physical, uh, I guess, uh, presence of an extraterrestrial right. for the first time. Yeah, and he said, um, if you can look him in the eyes, yeah and this was probably a benevolent gray um i don't think it was an even, i believe in the stories but there's it's interesting that this is coincides coincides with with your golden symbols but when he did look him in the eye when he didn't pass out he looked him in the eye and is like he saw his past his present and even the extraterrestrials yeah. history and their their lineage and and, and genetics but that when it all was a download, and obviously it obviously was very powerful. It took it wiped him out, you know, for weeks. But he remembers seeing golden symbols that were downloaded yes. into his consciousness.
0: Yes. So I've had this in lucid dreams where um, this is, you know, when I moved to Hawaii, I had many, many dreams about moving to Hawaii. Lucid dreams. And one, I was in an ocean, I was looking up and there was a cliff face and a woman was standing there with a book open. And there were golden symbols lifting up hmm. out of it flowing out of the book and what i heard was remember the book of truth and i met her in hawaii and she said i was the woman standing on the cliff wow. holding the book wow so this is a great mysterious it's it's you open yourself up to the living life on this level i absolutely of course believe in extraterrestrials i started having extra, extraterrestrials coming to me in the late 80s i'm 63 so they were coming to me in the late 80s. I was meditating and opening up. This is around the time of the Harmonic Convergence, which so was 1987.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a fascinating movement. It's still going, right? Yeah, mm.
0: yeah, it's still going. So um, then I you know, got married and had children in the 90s, which really required a lot of focus in the right here, right now, in this dimension. And so all that kind of shut down. Well, then... As my children have are grown, they're mature. They're just glorious young men living their lives. <laughs> um, I have had more time to meditate and to contemplate um, these higher dimensional beings and experiences. So they've I've certainly seen spaceships. I've seen spaceships with my physical eyes, um, and uh, they've started coming back to me. Probably, I'd say like twenty sixteen. 2017 you know like I'm there's Ashtar you hear the Pleiadians like oh I'm looking at you all right here my eyes are closed here's Ashtar come in here are the Pleiadians here's some Syrians right here boom, mm-hmm. right there and I'm going okay here you are eyes open eyes closed you're still there and um, what what's the message why are you, like, why are you here? But I, what would happen was I was filled with this overwhelming feeling of love in my heart mm. when they appeared. It's like, oh, this is my star family. Oh, these are my ancestors. These are our ancestors. I carry their DNA in my DNA, in all of our DNAs. We are galactic citizens. Are we waking up to remembering that? And... That, that was powerful. It's, it's still there. It's like and now I can see them as guides internally.
1: What are the, what is the golden symbols do you think in relation to the star families or to the language con- connection of
0: So if we go back into let's let's talk about the pleiades, so nine stars in the pleiadian system and I don't know how many of them are um, can travel through space. I don't know know that. But like, when we think of Pleiadians, most people probably think of sort of these tall, Nordic-looking beings. Well, the first Pleiadians who came to me, they they were tall, but they weren't Nordic. They had deep bronze skin and brown eyes. So I would go, there are many races of Pleiadians.
1: Sure, I've heard that. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, many races of Pleiadians. The Maya, there's a star called Maya <laughs> in the Pleiadian um, constellation. So... The Mayans, who, um, I'm a fan, I love Freddie Silva. He just, he put out this documentary about the Maya, how when the Maya, uh, when um, Atlantis sank with the final sinking, you know, the people, people who were alive, many of them who lived, migrated out from it. And the legend there, and it's it's carved in stone, was that these group of um, the water wizards and Itzcatl, I think, is his name. I'm not remembering Qu- Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, they Qu- were Quetzalcoatl, Quetzalcoatl. The Return of Quetzalcoatl.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that, a, they there's were. a book I read on that. Yeah, uh, uh, Daniel Pinchuk has a great book on that. Yeah, The Return of Quetzalcoatl. It talks about uh, the the connection with some of the crop circles we've had and the symbols and the and the communication that way. Y- uh,
0: yes. So, but the point being with it, the Maya were a, P- a Palladian race. Coming in, you know, I believe the Pleiadians seated themselves all around our planet, and they had different languages, different races. So this is comes down with the symbols, the golden symbols. What are we seeing? This is why, or that's where I'm going to answer your question. So the languages that are um, symbolic. So certainly we can see that with um, the Ori- oriental languages, or Sanskrit, mm-hmm. or even Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones around the planet that I'm I'm not familiar with. It's
1: just pre-human.
0: Pre, pre uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Pre-human um, were seeded from our galactic ancestors who came and infused their DNA. Sure. And that's humans. encoded into our DNA. It's encoded into our DNA. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the Palladians, uh, I mean, because there's the Octarians, there's Syrians. Mm-hmm. There's a really neat guy I just found recently on on YouTube. Uh, who who goes into some of this stuff, but um, who has seated us the most and who has the dominant hold because there's obviously, uh, a number of of uh, of different intelligent species that are flying around. That are, I mean, the government's even allowing them. Like who's flying these tic tacs, for example, the the white tic tac ships that are that are doing dances around our our airplanes. Like, I mean, there's there's different species. Some I've heard are, you know, coming to do, do the research and experiment when they can before yes. things change, before we ascend enough because they're not really serving us. Um, or or who who has the dominant control and the influence. On, on our species.
0: On our species. Yeah, here
1: and now in the third dimension.
0: Well, that's an. I would say um, it's been a battle between the Galactic Federation. Those are the high, the frequency, the higher bandwidth species who are let's go for love and light and peace. yeah, they're the, benevolent the benevolent ones. Benevolent ones and the ones who are not so benevolent. But the not the not so benevolent ones have, have lost that battle. So, but who is who is influenced our our genetic encodements? Yes. Well, most? that yeah, sure. You know, we it, can start there. We can start there, and it might depend on where you live on the planet. Okay. okay. Interesting. So, like for myself, I could say, "All right, this is Pleiadian, Syrian. These are just from other incarnations that I have accessed." So right now, there we can access these higher frequency bandwidth incarnation aspects of self from were you alive during Atlantis? Were you alive during Lemuria? I've uh, how many incarnations can you recall or remember? There are thousands, and many of them are just obscure, you know, just a foot soldier walking. Mm you know, across the desert. They're not notable other than they're my history, my sole lineage history of life here on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to, okay, Pleiadians, Syrians, Lyrans, Arcturans, Andromedans, Vagans. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm aware of, influencing my genetic lineage. And those
1: are, those are the Galactic Federation... Uh, benevolent. Benevolence. Ones. Because okay. then there's the, the. I've
0: had these little grays.
1: <sighs> yeah, then the, there's three or four different kinds of those. Then there's uh, the Dracos, which is, right. most of them are malevolent. Are uh, but there are some believable, and that's where things. Ones. Yeah, there's yes. some where it gets really fascinating. And then there's the the blue, uh, the blue um, uh, Ebens, which yes. the, which uh, have come down and they've they've uh, they've showed themselves to the children in the mid '90s and South Africa, who said, you know, look, you know, your guys are destroying this world, which is so interesting. They came to them, and of course, that's a that's a in, in the in the movie. Uh, uh, I forget the name of it. I'll come back. I mean, there,
0: the right. obvious thing here is Krishna is blue. Yeah. Shiva is blue mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
1: so they, they I would like, assume they're like, that they're benevolent they're right? benevolent and there's yeah. stories
0: in that is the stories in the Mahabharata where you know, you know Krishna's going to jump in his to defend Darkka this is a this is a guy and Gaia they they articulate it much more clearly than what I'm describing but he jumps into his little um and it for all intensive purposes it's a little It's a gun of some kind that's shooting laser beams up at the sky at Uhura Mazda, Hmm. his enemy. Oh, who's Ahura Mazda? Who's flying around in his starship? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, Uhura Mazda, this is coming, Anunnaki coming out of, Mm. you know, the um, Tigris-Euphrates river belt. Uh, And it's like, it's all right there if you look at it from that lens of, okay, these are, you know, Christian's out here with the cowherds. Yeah, okay, what's he doing? He's seeding his DNA. Mm -hmm. And... Who is Krishna? Are these blue Pleiadians? Are they Arcturians? You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And I guess, um, and I'm really glad we're getting into the the benevolent, malevolent, uh, higher dimensionals or extraterrestrials. And I think it's, and we could tie this back, you know, because I think we probably have to tie this on up. This is a special episode. I this is a first of our podcast I series, but back. to tie these back up and how these malevolent ones have lower frequency right. that they're trying to feed off of us right. and, and our consciousness or our negative emotions yeah. because that's what they want to do and that's why they're going to lose because I would assume love and positive and and yes. light it's and a higher frequency it's a higher address. frequency You're always wins or right. always is will rise above right and yeah. and so um is it true do you think uh, i mean how do we how how does that tie back in like am, am i on the right path with that
0: yeah, you are. You're on the right path with that because there's this great expansion in awareness. More and more people are talking or having these kind of conversations that we're having. And that indicates a higher level of consciousness that we're act- that we're accessing, that we're thinking about ourselves and about reality on that level. Okay? So be- becoming aware of something first, that's the first step, becoming mindful. And then actively going into that, okay, how can I... Um, Dissolve this, this, this. Uh, it's a construct of consciousness that we've been living in. You must reach for the higher frequencies. So let's go back to the sound bath. You know, meditation. Mm-hmm. We get there. Let's go back to music. Mm-hmm. It is the universe, the one song. Okay, that we are harmonics. Our, our energy field is just full of it's harmonics. Um, they now can rearrange. They're they're demonstrating. This is at um San I think this is in San Francisco. No, it's at Stanford, where they run frequencies of vibration through heart tissue to regrow it, through heart cells. Oh, I've heard it's of like, this, yeah. All right, so what we're doing in this on our grassroots level. What am I doing? I'm going, all right, I remember the temple of the Hathors, the Hathors, and the anomalies in there that are moving through there, the constructs, like we talk about the Merkaba spinning, the portals of energy that are all around and through this glorious planet, and underneath what's right now is these are a temple that's built prior to this is the lesser prior to Atlantis. There's a deeper one underneath it. Hmm. Because we've been on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years. If you think about, whoa, I've been on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years. That's different.
1: We just don't have the tools to, to see the archaeological evidence and whatnot. Actually
0: right? you do. You just why well, You can see it, even from my vantage point of looking at videos, on of the temple of, like for example, a temple of the Hathors. Underneath those stones, there's another layer of stone built out of a different. We have to look at
1: it differently, literally, deleted. like not just with cameras or yeah. infrared or or different kind of uh, um, uh, cameras and energy. We have to we have to actually approach it and how we're going to observe this differently, which is in you know the, the modern day you know scientific archaeological uh, processes. They're, very, they're
0: they're very. Thin, thin, top hair. layer i mean elementary yeah i mean elementary we're just really breaking elementary.
1: through with these new infrared cameras that can see deep into the jungle rock right. you can see these free see, you know so that we're getting yeah. there i mean but but it's not going to take technology from an outside type of uh, a science source it's got to come from within for us to think of it differently and work to to uh, look at things differently okay
0: so you've heard of the 100th monkey uh no i haven't okay so they uh, took a group of like a, a of um baboons, I think they were, and taught them how to wash sweet potatoes.
1: Oh, I have heard of this. Yes, yes. And after a certain
0: period of time, they didn't have to teach them anymore. The ones who were born just washed the sweet potatoes. Yep, and now they all will. They all will. That's just just what they do. Yeah, and that's the
1: prefrontal cortex. Okay.
0: We now, we are forming a unified field of coherence. You and I right now, we're having this communication Mm -hmm. going on. Okay. And there's a lot going on. <laughs> you can feel it and see it going on. <laughs> but we're in a unified field of coherence. So something like the sound bath, there's 30 people. They're in a unified field of coherence. Mm-hmm. That radiates out. Now that, that you and I are having this conversation, the people who are listening. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's some resonance there. Okay. That's going to radiate out. And, and that's part of this is ascension. It is. Part of it is. Yeah, yeah. And the more we do it... Um, the more that that it it shifts the frequency of consciousness within mm-hmm. the environment of mm-hmm. where we're living. Yeah, no, but if, for, for the
1: scientists that might, might doubt or, or have trouble with some of this, just imagine, you know, our limbic system, our, our uh, reptilian brain, those are archaic systems that eventually, you know, it's just like if you want to call it evolution, our prefrontal cortex is going to trump that. It's going to evolve. It's going to, uh, you know.
0: Well, the amygdala, your reptilian brain back there, that's evolving. So it's not what if it goes from being something that's isolated the first entryway going up your spine to, oh, what if it starts to flower? And just as your pineal gland now makes connections with your internal, the crystals internally in the ground, in your gland are making visual connections with your optic neurons. What if those neurons in within those glands are going to evolve and spread and make other kinds of coherent connections. When we so are it could Draco, help. It'll be a help. balance
1: rather than is, it, than it dying off. Right. This well.
0: is the difference between interesting. The, I haven't thought of that. The difference between the malevolent Draco's.
1: Ah I was just gonna go there.
0: And the benevolent ones. Ah,
1: so they they are slightly evolving, and I would hope that their species will. Evolve so that I don't
0: thick? care actually about uh, that's just me. <laughs> Maybe that's me being a mother. I don't care. You just get <laughs> off this planet, and stop doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> and I'll take the benevolent <laughs> Dracos. Come on in, the dragons. I've seen them. It's like, yeah, glorious. I was just
1: down in Peru back a year ago almost, and uh, there was this part in the jungle where they have a statue, yeah. of a Draco. Where that, that apparently there were some that had influence on trying to control the the shamans and kind of control that part you know which is a very isolated town called Iquitos and that's where I went to to do ayahuasca and San Pedro uh, ceremonies yeah but there's the temple of the the of temple of higher consciousness I believe is the name of it. But I do, and, and when doing the uh, the ayahuasca ceremonies, it opened up me enough so that when we did the the San Pedro ex, uh, ceremony, yes. and it was like taking 20 hits of mescaline for 10, 15 hours, whatever, and it was, yeah, it was intense. There's some people having a really tough time. I've done enough of stuff in my life. It wasn't super heavy, but what right. did open up for me, and, I, and they just didn't recommend I, I meditated, but I was like, screw you, I'm going to meditate. Gonna it, yeah. And I did, and I could see through... The teacher, not the shaman, but the teacher, mm-hmm. and a Caucasian guy from New York, you know, and very interesting guy. But I could see through him, and I truly believe that this ayahuasca retreat specifically says they were the good because there's good ones, there's good shamans, there's dark shamans, and there's positive ones. They said that they were the light shamans, but I believe they this, weren't. This they weren't, yeah. and that this temple of higher consciousness was Draco, and it was a negative, right. and it fed off of it. And I, I, and, it. I and I and I ended up. I, I wouldn't say it was a bad experience, but it was it, – of course, I didn't go there to get what I, I – I I didn't get what I was looking for, but I did open up and I did understand that I think that there were negative aspects to it.
0: Actually, what you got was power.
1: There you go. Knowledge and power. Knowledge uh, and yeah, power. Yeah, 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 And
0: perception and an expansion mm-hmm. of consciousness, mm-hmm. perhaps unexpected, but definitely mm-hmm. something that you need, that we all need. Yeah, absolutely. Now, don't believe everything people say. No,
1: no. You, know, you got to do the like, work and be yeah. open and be, be open. open and yeah. that's what I want to do as we're ending here we have just a few minutes left is, is what can we give the listeners who, who stuck around and I know this is what probably I guarantee the most fascinating <laughs> <laughs> interview we have done on KPOE <laughs> airways, probably on any airwaves in uh, in Central Oregon but what can people do uh, to, to help raise their awareness and their frequency just something to take away from here
0: um, I would say meditate meditate on light And understand that the light radiates, this is to me the easiest one to do. The light radiating through the sun is the same light that radiates through your heart. And that light is intelligent. And that we are part of a whole. And that that's your, our job is to realize ourselves as divine beings, as that light, as vast, strong, loving, wise beings. And we are here. We're here to facilitate a change. And
1: yeah and that and that uh anything is possible and that that th- it it's all how you look and and to work on your energy and work on your frequency and work on your vibration yes you help raise the entire species right. and the entire earth and the galaxy if you want
0: yes yeah that's it that we are here, and that we are stronger together.
1: Yeah. Well, this is just so powerful. And this is by far, I mean, I have my hair standing up. This was just so amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on.
0: Thank you. It's my honor and my privilege to be here. Thank you for for
1: having yeah. You. Well, well, we'll have to have you again, and hopefully, you can come for Center Stage. You can do your Absolutely, your we'll uh, sound bath uh, group uh, uh, music. I think that would be fascinating and super cool to help heal on the airwaves. So we're really making moves here. I know we're a pretty progressive station, but I think I see it as we're really trying to <laughs> move into even more the modern time. So yeah. I, I'm just very fortunate to have this platform and to have people like you on. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Aloha.